Gracious Heavenly Father, we are blessed to have you as our God. When we are afraid, we put our trust in you. When we praise your word, our fear becomes a hope, and our hope gives us the strength to walk in your righteousness. Give us your word today so that we will overcome fear and anxiety and praise your faithfulness for us. In the most trustworthy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 1 Timothy 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, the previous passage we saw last Friday, Paul told Timothy to avoid the evil people in the last days. In today's passage, chapter 3, verse 6 to 9, he talks about their works and activities in the church. So let's continue to read. Chapter 3, verse 6. They are kind of who worm their way into homes of homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded with, down with the sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as a Jan, uh, a Janice and Jambres opposed Moses, so also are these teachers opposed the truth. They are men of depraved mind, who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get far, uh, they will not get very far because in as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. The first paragraph, uh, chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, profile the lives of a false teachers. And this paragraph that we read describes their so-called ministries. Paul critically or, or mockingly said they warmed their ways into homes of a gullible woman. Some translations say they creep into. It all means they hide their true nature, they are stealthy and sneaky. According to verse 8, they are like uh, uh, Janice and Jambres. Who are Janice and Jambres? Dana mentions in the Bible, especially in the book of Exodus, but other Jewish books, like a Targum. Targum is an Aramaic paraphrase translation of Hebrew scripture. And some pagan writers mentioned their names. They were Egyptian sorcerers or magicians who opposed Moses before Pharaoh. Do you remember Exodus chapter 7? When Pharaoh, uh, Moses threw down the Aaron's rod in front of Pharaoh and it became a snake, these sorcerers also did the same with their staff, but Aaron's rod, or snake, swallowed their snake. Their depraved mind and their disguised spiritual sabotage will not last long. Their pretense and false belief will be exposed soon. At the end, the fruit of their ministry will speak their real credentials, just as our ministry is proven by our own fruits of a ministry. Now, the reason I separated this another warning passage about the misleading teachers is because of their disciples or their students, namely the gullible woman. Other English translations call them weak woman or immature woman or childish woman. 
but the original Greek text is simply little woman. Paul used a diminutive expression. Diminutive expression. You understand? Do you know diminutive? Spanish has a full, I mean, Spanish probably uses a diminutive expression more than any other languages. You know, I grew up in, in Venezuela being called a chinito. You know, they didn't call me chino or chinks. They call chinito. You know. So, just like that, in Greek text, some, uh, sometimes this word, uh, this expression, diminutive expression, means a disrespect. It really means disrespect. Also in the Greek text, the homes of this woman were used with a definite article. Definite article, that means it's a specific house. So Paul knew, Timothy knew, who they, they who I mean Timothy knew who Paul was talking about. The Testament so scholars think that this woman were apparently well known. They were probably their homes are probably spacious, homes of a wealthy where house churches often meet, and they definitely must be a well-to-do affluent. As a result, somewhat influential woman in the Ephesian church. And then speaking of Ephesian church, do you remember the Ephesian church had a strong feminine spirituality because it was influenced by the famous temple of Diana of Aphrodite? The key expression that interests me, and I think we should pay a great deal of attention, is the tragic reality. They are loaded down with the sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, verse 7. And then key is here, verse, I mean, verse 6 and verse 7. Always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. What does that mean? First of all, what is the knowledge of the truth? 1 Timothy chapter 2 Paul said, God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. So what is a knowledge of truth? According to 1 Timothy 2.4, that's a saving knowledge or knowledge of a salvation. And saving knowledge is not a just a religious dogma or theological proportion that one just accepts or consent. It is a more than cognitive experience. It is a personal conviction. It is a relational transformation because you are learning about God and His heart. That is a knowledge of a salvation. Just like a prodigal son knew many things about the world, and, but when he found out the true knowledge about his father's heart, he cannot be the same person. So what they were doing, they're learning but they're always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. It means they're learning about God without growing their relationship with God. They accrue biblical, theological knowledge and information without deepening their personal relationship. I may say prayer, life with God. As a result, learning became just activity of intellectual curiosity. They never use the truth of God to challenge and change their viewpoint and values. The knowledge of God's truth 
It's uh, just another information, another interesting story. That is danger. So some commentators call them religious dilettant. Dilettant. You know, dilettant people who sample, you know, different stuff, the novelty, just for the sake, for, for just, you know, novel experience. They're learning for the sake of intellectual stimulation and novelty. Have you seen people who are studying the Bible and theology just for, you know, intellectual interests or they call discipline or fun? You know, I've seen many actually in Princeton Theological Seminary, including professors, some professors. And sometimes I'm afraid that, you know, we see some people like that even at the church. For Christians, learning once again means living with gratitude and joy. Learning more about God means changing myself. Spiritual learning and biblical education does not deepen our prayer life and repentance is not a good thing. It is actually deceiving things. It's like you eating a lot of nutritious food and even vitamins, all health supplements, but you don't exercise. What do you think will happen to your body? Biblical learning always means obedience. Not just any obedience, but obedience with joy and sacrifice. This is, what, this is why Karl Barth, my great hero, said this. And it, uh, he said, theology is a peculiarly beautiful science. It is actually the most beautiful of all sciences. He called theology a science, you know, classical you know, uh, expression. Actually, in medieval time, theology was the queen of the science. Because God is creator, the medieval Christians, they said we need to develop, we need to learn about his creation. That's how natural science was developed in the medieval time. That's how West caught up with the East in terms of a scientific development. So two, that's what, so again, theology led all the science in the medieval you know, Christian tradition and onward. That's why Paul, uh, uh, Karl Barth said, theology is a science. But not just any science, but most beautiful science. And he said this, to find the science, this science distasteful is a mark of a Philistine, you know, pagan. It is an extreme form of a Philistinism or paganism to find or to be able to find the theology boring. <laughs> yeah. Theologian who has no joy in his work is not a theologian at all. Sulky faces, moral thought, and the boring ways of speaking are intolerable in this science because theology means joy. Theology is not just intellectual discipline. It's far more than that. Karl Barth is absolutely right. You're learning about Almighty God who needs nothing but desires us and created us in his image. What else can be more fascinating and transforming? In Hebrew, there is no other word for obeying. Hearing means obeying. Hear Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord your God is one. It simply means when you hear, when you learn more about God, you obey and you change. Always learning, but never able to come to knowledge of the truth. This is a warning, not just about this woman 
in the first century, but many in today's church, especially evangelical churches, especially forest community church, because our children and youth could be another religious dilettante or cultural evangelicals. In Baylor, we call this event cultural or just a mere traditional Baptist, Baylor Betty and Baylor Bobs. Let this passage be a serious warning of the Holy Spirit to all of us. We don't just learn, but we learn with a focus. The focus of our learning is to become like Jesus Christ, the living Word of God. That's what the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us and trying to lead us. That's why at Forest, we insist both a Good Shepherd College and House Church. Because a Good Shepherd College without House Church is arrogant, will make us nothing but feel superior or better than other Christians who never studied a Cornerstone Bible study, John Discipleship, Livingstone, and later other Bible studies. At the same time, House Church without Good Shepherd College is a hollow. So if you you know, whenever you go to a house churches, talk about the Good Shepherd College experience. And anybody who hasn't signed up to Good Shepherd College, you should challenge them and encourage them. We need a both Christian education and spiritual edification. Just as we need a both arms and legs, we need a spiritual food and exercise. That's why Good Shepherd College and house church is a never can be separated. Let us pray that our learning becomes a faithful living before God. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible, powerful, transforming words. We thank you for everyone who signed up for the Kushapur College. And we pray more desperately than before. Help us to digest your words with the deep prayers. Help us to repent and rededicate our lives to your truth. May our learning edify each other and glorify you. In the name of the living word of God, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.